0: This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit DharmaOcean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean podcast. In this talk on refuge, Reggie discusses the history of refuge in the Buddhist tradition and describes the different styles of emergency ego that arise when we find ourselves challenged in life. Surrendering ego is the basis for the practice of refuge. This talk was given at the 2002 Winter Datun Retreat held in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. To find out about the upcoming Winter Meditation Intensive at the Blazing Mountain Retreat Center in Crestone, Colorado, please visit DharmaOcean.org.
1: So the question before us is, what does it mean to take refuge? Well, In the early days, refuge was the, in the beginning days of Buddhism, refuge was the moment of transition. You know, if you want to compare it to other religions, the moment of conversion, when your mind is converted from samsara to nirvana. And in later traditions, when the the early Buddhist schools became more scholastic, they came up with other things that were the big deal. Generating bodhicitta in the Mahayana and Vajrayana initiation. But really, if you take refuge properly, you don't need any any other jnana in any other practice. If you, if you know what refuge is and you do it, you know, wholeheartedly, that's all you really need. Everything is in refuge. The entire Buddhist path is there, and everything is needed. So the first thing about refuge is that, and um, sometimes people think I'm really hardline, and sometimes people think I'm too lax. And probably today some people are going to think I'm hardline and some people are going to think I'm lax. So I just leave that up to you, that's, <laughs> that's your choice, whatever you want. Refuge begins with the fact that you have to let go of what you currently take refuge in. All of us, when we get into trouble, we look to certain things. We bring up a certain kind of ego. It's our emergency ego. (coughs) When the normal ego doesn't work, we bring up the emergency ego. The emergency ego could be kind of intellectual approach, that, you know, when things really get hard, we start becoming intellectual. Hmm, this is karma. This is how karma works. This is, um, you know, significant because it manifests emptiness. <laughs> Very um, among Western Buddhists, you know, that's, that's kind of using the teachings as a way to bail yourself out of reality. Another, uh, type of uh, emergency ego is what I call the therapy ego. Especially if you've had a lot of therapy, you have developed a very complicated set of strategies to get yourself out of trouble. And some people feel that they're in worse shape than everybody else. That's part of the therapy ego. If you think you're in worse shape than everybody else. And some people really believe that very deeply. This is a deep commitment. It's a deep belief that they are um, extraordinarily fucked up and that they have had a life that is so bad that they need a special kind of thing. And then through the process of years and years of therapy, you know, we develop all of these little things we do to kind of cope. And really what we're doing there is we're, we have a, a holding pattern so we don't have to actually go further, if I might say so, with all due respect to therapy and therapists. I'm not putting down therapy and I'm not putting down therapists at all because they can be very helpful. But what happens often is that we develop a kind of therapy ego and we bring that up whenever things get tough. That's, that has to go. If you're going to truly take refuge, you have to, you have to be willing to surrender that. Sur- you have to surrender the intellectual ego. Another ego is the uh, spiritual trips ego. The kind of... Uh, we have all these techniques of spirituality when we want to feel good. And um, it has to go. Now, what do I mean by <clears throat> giving it up? Of course, we can't take... You know, we can't really give up our refuge in the sense that we can give up a, a piece of clothing or, a, you know, a plate of food. But because it, it's so, you know, these refuges that we have as samsaric people are so much part of who we are. But what we do when we take refuge is we pull the plug out of the big helium balloon of our ego. And the hole isn't really that big. It's a little teeny-weeny hole, but you can hear the air hissing out after you take refuge. And very slowly, <laughs> it... <laughs> <laughs> refuge actually sets in motion a, a kind of a magical process. And I know in this world, people are very uncomfortable with the word magic, and they think that it's just some kind of uh, fantasy of, you know, spiritual trippers. But the fact is that when you contact a living tradition, you're dealing with serious danger. Serious, serious danger to your ego. If the tradition's not really that powerful and it's not really a living tradition, you can do anything you want to. You can go do all kinds of things. But if you contact a tradition with real power and you do something like take refuge, which is actually entering into that world, you are, you're going to be affected. There's no way around it. It's going to happen. And the main thing that happens is that little plug is pulled out of that balloon and the air of your particular emergency ego begins to leak out. Now, often when people take refuge, what I have noticed And we're going to talk about what this is together. We're going to talk about it. I've noticed that sometimes people will take refuge and then they change their mind. Or they feel like, well, you know, I didn't really do it. It doesn't really matter. Check in on those people five or ten years later and see what kind of shape they're in. And sometimes they're not in very good shape. And sometimes they realize seven years later what they've done and they come back and then they heal the situation and they carry on with their path. So then we come to the um, question, which is what are we taking refuge in? So we talk about we have to give up all of our emergency egos. And by the way, actually, there are a couple I didn't mention, which I'll just put in there. One of them is the Buddhist ego. And um, a lot of times you will run into people who are practitioners, and it's very clear that they're using their Buddhism as a kind of a set of credentials. Have you been to seminary? (laughs) Oh, you should go to seminary. (laughs) You know, that, that kind of, that kind of remark is, uh, it's very innocent, but it is actually moronic. It is a complete and total disrespect of your path. Maybe you shouldn't go to seminary. Maybe that's not what you should do. But there's a kind of assumption is, you know, I have my medals here. I've got my, I've been to Datun. I've been to Hinayana Seminary. I've been to Vajrayana Seminary. I finished my Nindro. I finished Vajragini. It's like a whole list on, on the person's lapel. And what you notice is the more things they do, the more close and arrogant they become and the more uh, they feel like, well, I've got the teachings and I'm going to use them to beat you up with, (laughs) that person has never taken refuge. Anybody that uses the teachings in that way has not even taken refuge. You can be a tantric practitioner and you can still be doing the practice of samsara. The only problem is that doing the practice of samsara as a tantric practitioner is very, has very serious consequences. That kind of individual has not taken refuge. So, when we take refuge, we have to surrender even our Buddhist ego, and even especially our Buddhist ego. In a similar manner, and this is the hard part, is that I said the other day that if you were, you could be a Catholic priest and you could be a Buddhist. You could be a Catholic priest and you could be a Roshi. That's true. But if, you're, if you are hanging on to your Christianity, or your Islam, or your Judaism, or whatever it may be, as a defense against reality, it has to go. You have to give it up. At least you have to give up that part of it that is your defense mechanism and the way you get through the day. You have to surrender that. There's no way around it, if you're going to take refuge. So the first part of taking refuge is really letting go of anything. It's, it's the commitment to pulling the plug on our emergency ego. That commitment. That's what that commitment is. And when you make a commitment, you might think, well, hey, you know, that's my commitment. I can withdraw that anytime I want. <laughs> but it's, like, it's similar to a marriage situation. When you get married, you make a commitment, <clears throat> but that commitment actually involves another person. And there are a whole lot of legal things and social things that go around that. And if you change your mind later, it's not that easy. You can't just say, well, you know, hey, I changed my mind. I don't want to be married. Let's, let's just, you know, part and everything's fine. It's not like that. There's, there's uh, huge karma set in motion. And with refuge, it's that much more.
0: To download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit DharmaOcean.org. music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album, Tibet, Cry of the Snow Lion.